Thank you for tuning in to the Scattered Abroad podcast. This is a work that is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, gospel preachers seek to scatter the seed and unite the church and the world with Christ, despite our distances and differences. Here are your hosts, Caleb Rutherford and Michael Clark. Hey guys, I know the episode hasn't started yet, but we wanted to stop and take just a moment to tell you about this month's sponsor. Exactly. This month's sponsor is the Memphis School of Preaching, and what they have done is that they have graciously given us a prospective student goodie bag. And so, if you're a prospective student, this is specifically for you. If you've thought about the Memphis School of Preaching, if you've thought about any kind of preaching school at all, the Memphis School of Preaching obviously is a great place to go. Both of us are alumni from there. Um, But in this goodie bag, you're going to receive obviously an application, you're going to receive some books, uh, some promotional items, just some things to help you understand about the Memphis School of Preaching and who they are and where they're from. And Michael, in fact, before we tell them about how to win this, do you want to give them a little bit of history behind the school? Yeah, the Memphis School of Preaching began in 1966. It's a two-year program. They have transferable credit, a graduate program, state-of-the-art facility with apartments for students, the Hardeman Library, which is one of the best biblical resource libraries in the area. There's no tuition or fees. There are scholarships available. They have VA benefits. They're accepting applications now. And if you're thinking, well, what if I don't win? Well, I've got good news for you. You can write, call, or visit msop.org and get a catalog and an application. And the secretaries there are excellent to work with. They will gladly talk you through everything. Both of us went through Memphis. They helped us get everything ready and put an apple pie order so that we could go there. And so, uh, Caleb, tell us when this is going to be announced, the giveaway winner. The giveaway winner for this will be announced on the first Monday of March at 10 a.m. Just look at our social media pages, and it'll be there. Now, in order to enter this giveaway, it's twofold for you. What you first have to do is go to our website. Go to scatteredabroad.org. Scroll all the way down to the bottom of the website. There you can enter your name and your email. Um, and once you've done that, you'll be entered in to win our giveaway. Also, you have to go to msop.org and sign up for what is called the Yoke Fellow. Once you've done both of those things, you'll be successfully entered in to win this giveaway. We're so thankful to the Memphis School of Preaching for sponsoring our first and second episodes. And here's our first episode of the year. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Scattered Abroad Podcast. My name is Caleb Rutherford, and I'm your host. I'm also your host, Michael Clark. And we're so excited that you decided to join us for this first ever season, this first ever episode of the Scattered Abroad Network. We are so thrilled uh, to be able to kick this thing off. There's a lot of work that's been put into this by a lot of individuals. Um, But first and foremost, thanks obviously goes to our God in heaven above. Everything that we do is to glorify him um, and try to further the work in his kingdom. Uh, But a big thanks to Michael Clark and for a lot of the work that he's done um, and kind of heading this up up and getting this off the ground and running and also a big thanks to all of our hosts to everyone who's here and also to a couple who are not here and to a lot of people in the background who are doing a lot of different things to make this a success and hopefully that's what it will be in the future again we're so excited that you're here for season one episode one of this joint podcast i do have a request for you uh but just before we begin this episode though please if you can on whatever platform it is that you're listening to if you wouldn't mind going and giving us a, a rating or a review or anything like that just to kind of help uh, our exposure the the more ratings and reviews that we get the more exposure that we're going to get um, and hopefully the more people we'll be able to reach and hopefully that will uh, that will be beneficial uh, to us please remember also this um, you can subscribe to our email list if you want to go onto our website at scatteredabroad.org uh, 
and you can scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page and there you can sign up for our, our email list and what you'll do is you'll get emails throughout the month that will give you a direct links to our podcast or also get links to our blogs um, you'll get any updates to the network that you might otherwise miss if you weren't subscribed uh, to those things uh, uh, to our email list as well so please remember to go do that uh, if you can as, as we begin and as we continue to go through this episode I do want to kind of introduce our theme uh, for this first season of the scattered abroad podcast and you know we're talking about this idea um, of being scattered yet united and really what a theme um, when we talk about this year this past year of the year 2020 of what we've come out of um, and how you know everybody's so scattered abroad and we think about all the things that that have gone on and how we love that fellowship with one another and yet how we were uh, unfortunately um, having to miss out on a lot of that due to unforeseen circumstances uh, that came through this world Um, so we talk about Christians how all across the nation all across the world they're scattered abroad and so we're going to talk today specifically about how it is that we're able to be united specifically in our distance. How are we able to be united specifically in our distance? And so, Chase, I want to swing things to you in our first question. You know, we talk about the first century church. You can go back to Acts chapter 2, the church where there was born. You go to Acts chapter 8 and how the persecution there arose and how it was uh, because of that the church was scattered abroad. You know, how was the church, even though um, they were apart geographically, how were they still able to be united together? Yeah, I appreciate the question, and I'd like to go first to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 6, Paul writes, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you or or beg you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. And then notice this and highlight this, verse 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So the question is, how can we be unified in the spirit? Well, we need to understand what the Holy Spirit accomplished. And a better question might be, what did the Holy Spirit not accomplish? Because he accomplished a lot. And we think about some of the things that he accomplished, and we can think about miracles that were done by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you can look at Romans 15, verse 19, Acts chapter 2, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 11. Inspiration, David said in Second uh, Samuel 23, verse 2, the Spirit of the Lord spoke by me, and his word was on my tongue. Also, uh, he sanctifies us, Romans 15, 16. He was involved in our baptism. Uh, By one spirit, we're all baptized into one body, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. And then John 17, 17 says, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. He gave us the word, and we have that standard to go by that allows us to all speak the same things, to speak where the Bible speaks, to be silent where the Bible is silent. And so we need to understand then that the unity of the spirit comes through abiding in his doctrine, uh, abiding in the word that he gave us. And I would also bring to our attention again Ephesians 4, verse 3, where it says we have to endeavor to do that. So it takes a lot of work. Um, It's not something that's just going to come naturally or or without any effort. We have to actually endeavor to do that. So we have to use God's word. I'd like to reference Ephesians 6, verse 17, which says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And the word of God also discerns our spirits. Hebrews 4, verse 12, for the word of God is living and powerful and is a, uh, 
and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So when you put it all together, if we abide by the word, number one, we're going to be endeavoring to keep that unity that we're supposed to have in spite of our, our distance uh, geographically, but also it's going to help us to make sure that our hearts are right as well individually as Christians also. So we keep the unity of the Spirit, the bond of peace, by keeping God's Word. It's what unites us in His Spirit. And in the Bible, geographically speaking, of course, you have the church there at Jerusalem in the book of Acts, and then it spreads out through Samaria and Judea and to the uttermost parts of the world. And how did they maintain that unity? Well, they had the apostles going out and about and preaching the Word and establishing congregations. And also you had some miraculous gifts there in the first century that allowed discerning of spirits and making sure that doctrine was, was being taught correctly and that sort of thing. And also you had letters that were written. For instance, this letter that was written to the Ephesian church. And so when you put all that together, uh, certainly they were more than capable of maintaining the same doctrine and maintaining unity through the Word of God. And so I would say that is definitely uh, the way, it, it is the only way, really, when, when it boils down to it, how we maintain unity in spite of geographic difference. We must rely on the Word of God. You know, absolutely right. Um, I think, you know, going back to your point on the work, it takes a lot of work to be a Christian. And a lot of people, that's that's where they, they balk at that. They, they don't want to put forth the effort. They want it to just be handed to them. But Christianity takes work. Uh, but obviously that reward in the end will certainly uh, be, be worth it all. Absolutely. So, Jameson, you know, we talk more about unity and this idea, um, how we can be united with one another. And we talk, we just talked about the church. How can we be united with the church um, when we're all in different geographical locations? So we talk, let's talk about the world. Okay, let's kind of switch gears. How can we today as Christians be united with those who are in the world, those who are not Christians? Yeah, one of the greatest things is being able to go, you know, somewhere else, maybe even being able to go to the other side of the world, and you've got people there who you can be united with. Um, and really to boil it all down, uh, my thoughts went to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, where Paul's writing to the church there at Corinth, and this congregation, he knows them very well. Uh, Paul had spent really probably more time with the Christians at Corinth than he did with any other congregation of the Lord's people. So he knew these folks on a personal level very well. And when he's writing to them, he also is aware that they have a lot of problems going on in that congregation. And he says in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10, to really start this section where he's addressing the problems that they have. He says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name or by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. So how can we today be united with those who are around the world? Really, when we boil it down, it's by submitting to the authority of Jesus Christ in all that we say and all that we do. And Paul goes on to say that, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Paul really emphasizes two things in that passage when we think about submitting to the authority of Jesus Christ. He says you have to have the same message. We must all speak the same things. We must all be in agreement. You go on down later in that chapter, and the message is we rally around the message of the cross, the cross of Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 25, which is the power and the wisdom of God. 
So he, Paul says in submitting to the authority of Jesus Christ, you've got to speak the same things. You've got to have the same message. And, and that centers around the cross of Jesus Christ. His, you think about his life up to that point, his existence before his life here on this earth, uh, his, his death on the cross, and obviously what comes after that, everything that came before that and that came after that, the message of the cross. But also, he says, you've got to have the same identity. He says there, there's, there needs to be no divisions, no factions among us, but you've got to be united in the same mind, the same judgment, the same purpose. And, and he says near the end of 1 Corinthians 1, glory in your same identity, which is in Jesus Christ. We are, we are united, like I said, boiling it down. We are united with everyone around the world who submits themselves to the authority of Jesus Christ. You think about uniting ourselves to the death of Christ. In Romans chapter 6, verse 3 through 7, Paul talks about this as well, that even in obeying the gospel, we are submitting to the authority of Jesus Christ. He said, don't you know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ, Jesus were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And he keeps going. And basically the point is, is look, even in obeying the gospel of Jesus, that is submitting to the authority of Jesus Christ. Later on in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, Paul talks about, for I am crucified with Christ, but nevertheless, uh, it's not me that lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. So it's not just a one-time thing in submitting to the authority of Jesus Christ, but it's a continual lifestyle. It's a day after day we submit to Jesus' authority. So how can we today be united, you know, go to the other side of the world and be united with the people there? Well, really what it boils down to is are we, are they, submitting to the authority of Jesus Christ in all that they do, in all that they teach, in all that they practice in their day-to-day -day lives? If they are, then we are united despite any miles between us. That's exactly right. You know, there, there, can, there cannot be any unity among individuals who don't believe the same thing. And until we have that common salvation, until we have that common faith that's been once delivered for all, there won't be that, that unity. We won't be able to have that fellowship uh, with, with one another. So, Josh, let me swing things your way. As we, as we continue to talk about being scattered and yet united, we talk about distance um, and, you know, geographically, the church in, in different places. How Does distance at all uh, in any way affect the, the church as, as a whole? You know, it shouldn't. Um, when I got the question, my mind immediately, you know, began thinking about uh, Exodus chapter 4, when here you have God coming and, 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 and he and Moses are more or less having a conversation and Moses begins uh, coming up with all the excuses as to why he can't go do the work of God. And then also in the book of Luke, when you have three individuals um, who are coming up with excuses as well, I remember one said, oh, well, I'm about to go get married. Uh, and the other one said, I have to go buy some land. It just goes to show you the, the length sometimes we're willing to go to make up excuses as to why we can't do the Lord's work. But on the other hand, you know, when we want to do things we want to do, we make the time for it. We, we plan ahead. We, we spend money. We go to whatever lengths to make sure what we want to do, you know, sometimes comes first. So I think it comes down to a matter of commitment. How committed are we to preaching and spreading the gospel as we are to other things? 
of course, we know in 2 Timothy 4, 2, uh, verse 1, I charge thee, therefore, before God, verse 2, uh, here's Paul charging Timothy to preach the word. Though he's talking to a preacher, uh, that can be applicable to all members of the church. Of course, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, you know, that's not the great suggestion. That's the Great Commission. And, and very often, you know, I think people would treat that as such. But, you know, Chase mentioned it earlier, when you look at the book of Acts and you look at the lengths they were willing to go to spread the gospel, to preach the gospel. And then today, you know, we have way more resources than they did 2,000 years ago. And it's almost as if we're not spreading it like they were. Of course, you know, in Colossians 1, 18 through 23, Paul said, everyone under heaven heard the gospel. Well, why can't that happen today with all the technology we have, all the resources that we have? And, and, and you look at the blueprint they had throughout the book of Acts, and that can be our blueprint today. Acts 1, verse 8, everywhere. Here you go to Acts chapter 2, verse 22, Peter begins preaching. Uh, he's talking to all these groups, all these different people who were there. Uh, Acts chapter 4, the first persecution begins. Don't talk about this Jesus. Uh, don't preach about him. Uh, Acts chapter 4, Peter said, I can't help but speak the things which I've seen and heard. He's convicted about what he believes. And this is the same Peter who denied the Lord three times. This is the same Peter who said, I have no idea who the man is, but that Peter, you know, once he was converted, of course, Jesus told him, when you're converted, strengthen the brethren. And it just goes to show you again, Acts chapter, um, Acts chapter 5, again, more persecution. Verse 29, Peter said, we have to obey God rather than man. Uh, Acts chapter 8, they went everywhere preaching the word. And so the gospel is, is, is too good for us just to keep it to ourselves. The gospel is the, the, the only means for individuals to be saved from their sins. Again, you know, Acts chapter 1, uh, Acts chapter 1, went down to verse 5, uh, he went down to Samaria for what purpose? To preach the gospel, to preach in the gospel. And so distance should not affect the church today. I think we should go where people are. I think we should, in fact, we have to go where they are in order to save them. Uh, very quick, there's an illustration I heard from a preacher a long time ago, and he was, you know, just kind of contrasting, you know, maybe the devil, you know, his angels were kind of talking one day, how can we stop the spread of the gospel going about? And in the illustration, more or less, went on to say, well, let's let them have the gospel, and let's not, and, you know, let's stop them from sharing that with anyone. Well, the devil doesn't care if you know the gospel as long as you don't share it with anyone else, as long as you just keep it to yourself. So distance in no way should affect our job in preaching the gospel of anything, we have to go where they are and give it to them. Josh, what about, I know we talk about distance from a perspective of actual physical distance. What about from a spiritual perspective of doctrinal differences and distance? You know, we talk about being distant from the Word of God being a bad thing for Christians, but there are many churches today we're seeing going down a path that is distancing themselves from the gospel and from the truth and so how do we how do we look at that affecting the church in in the year 2020 and, and looking forward into 2021 even absolutely i think us as preachers within our local congregations i think it's so important to educate on a biblical level on, on, on a bit on a, excuse me on a biblical level you know the people we're preaching to because a lot of people have no idea why instrumental music is wrong but it is but you have so many congregations around the Lord's church today who, are, who who have no issue with it. I believe, you know, we were talking about how the church in Texas, how they ordained sisters as elders. 
Mm. No way does the New Testament give any implication of that whatsoever. So, you know, when it comes down, I think, to a doctrinal issue, someone is right and someone is wrong. And I think sometimes we try to say, well, let's just stay in the gray area. Well, I don't believe in that. You know, someone has to be right and someone has to be wrong. And and when it comes to those major doctrinal issues, we have to walk by the same rule. We have to mind the same thing. And the way we do that is, 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 is of course, with the New Testament. All right, Chase, you had something? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, we, you know, we, we're on an island spiritually as far as standing for the truth and the denominational world is not. And we really also, I think, need to emphasize that uh, faithful congregations, sister congregations, we might want to say, we need to spend time together with them because we're on such a big island and sometimes we, we get the Elijah complex and we feel like we're the only one. And, you know, God would say, well, there's 7,000 that have not uh, bowed the knee the, the knee to Baal. But we need to spend time with our, our faithful sister congregations and, and we need to go out and, and find more faithful congregations that perhaps we're not aware of. And and it's so important for us to, to have fellowship with one another, to, um, you know, even if it's a, a distance of 45 minutes, an hour drive, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that 45 to hour drive is worth it to go spend some time with, with faithful brethren. And I, one of the problems that I've noticed growing up is a lot of our young people, we, we stick to our own individual congregations only, and they grow up knowing a handful of, of people their age and, and personalities don't mesh well and they don't marry them and, and they don't go find other faithful Christian young people to marry and they end up marrying in the world, whether it be just somebody very ungodly or somebody in the denominational world, and we lose them. And I feel like we really need to emphasize when we're talking about geography, spending time with our faithful brethren in, in other congregations. Yeah, Josh, going back on the points that you made, I think it's important <clears throat> You know, when we when we talk about why someone why someone wouldn't spread the gospel to other people is because they don't want to have to deal with any of the, the and we call it repercussions, but any of the the, the, the things that come with Absolutely. being someone who spreads the gospel. Um, I heard it once said, "If the devil's not bothering you, that ought to scare you." Because that means you're doing exactly what he wants you to do, and that's absolutely nothing. The devil exactly wants you to hold on to it. And, and if you're the only one who has it, then he's okay because he's got everybody else, and that's all he cares about. Uh, so that's a great point. When we, and we think about our world today. It, 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 guys, it's scary. I mean, objective truth doesn't matter anymore. Right. You know, you could tell somebody with, with absolute certainty that the sky is blue, and some would say, I don't believe you. Yeah. You have to prove it. And take them outside, and you show them the sky is blue. Well, it was gray yesterday. Well, that doesn't change the fact that the sky is blue. It can have seasons of change with weather and other things, but objective truth today has become so increasingly distant in our world and in our society that when we sit down and we try to teach people that Jesus is the Son of God, He died for your sins, He wants you to be with Him, but there is a plan to follow, whether you could prove it with absolute certainty or not, there's still going to be people out there that say, I don't really care about that. And when we really look at the distance that we see, I mean, 50, 60 years ago, that wasn't there. People would disagree, but you could at least show them what the Bible said, and people would say, well, that's interesting. I'll have to look into that more. Now, you bring out the Word of God, and the conversation's over. And that, that's got to be so scary for us that distance has affected the church in the sense that it's almost handicapped the church to a sense of we have to do so much unteaching and reteaching before we can actually sit down with people to tell them what the gospel plan is, that it makes our jobs even harder. Of course, we have job security all the time, but it makes our lives so much more difficult because 
you can't just tell people the absolute truth and just expect them to take the word for it anymore. And that makes it so much more difficult to have to try to explain it all. Yeah, I um I had a conversation with someone not long ago and we were talking uh we we're talking we we're talking about abortion. Um but one of the things was that with with stuff like that you can't really make any ground until they under you come to agreement of what authority is mm-hmm. and and where you draw that authority from. And obviously our authority is from the scripture, but until they understand that, it's really hard to make headway with that. And so that was one of the things that we were running into in this conversation was they didn't believe in the Bible. And so it was kind of, it was very difficult to figure out where to go from there because they don't understand that standard of authority. So let's kind of switch gears here. And Drew, let's talk about evangelism for, for a minute. Sure. Um, you know, so many excuses can be made as to, you know, why I can't go out and evangelize, why I can't go do this, why I can't go do that. Should we ever allow distance? Um, to be an excuse to to not evangelize to the people around us. Well, I'd like to answer that question with a question: Is evangelizing <laughs> is that a commandment from God? Mm-hmm. And if so, and of course it is, then there's not a qualifier there. When Jesus said, "Go and preach the gospel to every creature," He didn't say, "Except distance prohibits it." <laughs> or in our Bibles, we don't have fine print unless the distance is too great. Uh, you know, Josh and, and Chase both referenced Acts one and verse eight. Uh, when you have Jesus explaining to his disciples, here's what I want you to do. You begin right here in Jerusalem. You go into Judea, you go into Samaria. And then he said, and to the end of the earth. They understood that. He literally meant that. You go and take the gospel as far as you can. So by extension, we are to take the gospel to the whole world. And you think about how God has blessed us with all of these uh, opportunities. The technology that we're using today has blessed us with it. So ability plus opportunity equals responsibility. And we must not make excuses because it is a commandment given by our Lord. That's exactly right. Well, we certainly appreciate all of you for joining us today on this episode of the Scattered Abroad Network. Um, Don't forget to check all of our show notes below for all of our information so where you can find all of our podcasts, all of our social media links, ways to get in contact with us. Also, once again, don't forget to give us a rating or wherever you can subscribe subscribe to our email list at the very bottom uh, of our website. Also, don't forget, uh, we push out content every single day here at Scattered Abroad. So every single day you have a new podcast to listen to, and hopefully you're taking advantage of that. And I believe that wraps it up for this episode. Um, We look forward to seeing you um, not only tomorrow as Chase brings us an episode for the Everyday Christian Podcast, but also on the first Sunday of every single month where you can find us right back here on the Scattered Abroad Podcast. Thank you again so much for being with us, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.